0: So, uh, today actually, I want to talk about two things. Hi. Mostly, of course, about Hanukkah. Uh, That's the first and foremost, talk about Hanukkah. But it also happens to be... So, um, I wanted to also talk a little bit about today is like in between the third and the fourth. It's actually the fourth tonight. We're going to be lighting. But till we light the fourth lamp, it's the third. And... The third day of Hanukkah is also a celebration to commemorate while most people know about Yuttes Kislev we know that the Alter Rebbe was released from prison but then he was taken a second time into prison 2 years later and he got out on the third night of Hanukkah not a problem he got out on the third night of Hanukkah So today, actually, we also celebrate, on the third day of Hanukkah, we also celebrate the release of the al Rebbe his second time. In a way, while the actual imprisonment wasn't as difficult, he he didn't take him into such a uh, serious prison as it was last time, and he was amongst really dangerous and... uh, real uh, felons over there. This time it was less, but the accusations were actually a lot more severe. And a Mm. lot of them had to do uh, with having to explain uh, the various different Chabad philosophies and trying to explain it to non-Jewish people, you know, Mm. about the Torah in the first place, and then about God, and then about, uh, about the Tanya, and about the Kabbalah and about the other thing. It was a very... Sometimes the Rebbe would speak in Russian and tell them himself. But his son, his name was Reb Moshe, he was a very uh, big intellectual. He knew a lot of languages and he would sort of give the translation of his father's words to the uh, investigators. But eventually, of course, he was um, released from there. They wanted to keep him in... Petersburg, so we should have to live there. That was one thing. But eventually, they moved to the uh, city of Liadi. And over there, it was really um, a very um, special time for the and Hasidists. He was able to flourish and was able to Mm -hmm. teach and able to attract a lot of Hasidim, Mm -hmm. until the war uh, with Napoleon against the Tsar. Then, they came after the Adi and they had to escape. And shortly thereafter, the Ribi passed away. But in any event, so I wanted to mention that today too. And of course, we're talking about light. That's the festival of lights. And if you notice that on Hanukkah, we mostly celebrate spiritually. We light the lights and the uh, candles. We do the Hallel. that's the praising of Hashem. We do al-hanisim. Those are prayers that we insert in the Amida, in the grace after meal. It's mostly a spiritual um, celebration, or we commemorate spiritually, because essentially the, the the problem was a mostly a spiritual problem, because the Greeks actually did not want to uh, accept the Jewish way of life, and one of the things that they had a problem with is. This whole thing of supernatural or something which is not physical that you can actually see, like in the communist Russia as we know. But this goes. This is before even that. But you know, like they would always say that you know, uh, believing in God or in things that you don't see is not really um, accurate. They didn't believe in it, but. Of course, uh, that was what Abraham, the first Jew, taught us about God, about monotheism, about uh, against paganism, and all the um, teaching of Abraham. But so, amongst the Jewish people itself, it's very easy. We spoke about it this morning. Amongst the Jewish people itself, uh, there was a lot of Jewish people that wanted to adopt the culture of the Greeks. So you know, they didn't want to. Fight them, they didn't want to start up with them, so they were ready to assimilate. And unfortunately, today, too, you know, in our times, a lot of people don't find it necessary to connect necessarily to their religion. They, it's extra, they uh, would rather in the melting pot be part of the total society and, uh, and the religion doesn't take up that much uh, importance in their lives, unfortunately. But this was actually the uh, the, the Hellenist, or it was the uh, uh, people that were assimilated, and the then you had the Maccabees, that you had the Kohanim. They were the priests. They were loyal to God. They were loyal to the temple. They were loyal, and they. Um, And they fought off uh, these great armies and they were victorious. But the main celebration is a celebration of spirit over here. It's a main celebration. And light is a very beautiful thing because even as the Rebbe points out, the stars, they're so far away. And yet we can see the sparkle and we can see the light. So that means light has a very, very long reach, it can reach very, very far. It can take a long time for it to travel uh, from the star to us, but it does travel eventually. We do see the light of the stars, and uh, the truth is that uh, we all have a light. We can all shine, and uh, it's a matter of kindling that light, that menorah that we are all part of, and putting it on fire. Um, Today I want to talk a little bit about, um, about the actual miracle of Hanukkah. What took place at the miracle of Hanukkah, and what I wanted to um, explain from the Rebbe's talk, wanted to explain and show that um, what we can learn from this in our service to Hashem and in our service in our ways of 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 commitment, and um, you know, many times we have experiences in our lifetime. Which are good experiences, like we have positive feelings about something. Maybe sometimes something good happens to us. Let's say uh, we made a good deal or we earned a lot of money, so it feels good. You know, we feel we feel good. We feel cheered up. Uh, sometimes um, something bad happens to us. Maybe we find out uh, that. Maybe we're not so healthy, or we find out that uh, we have a problem uh, with our with a child. We have a problem with health. We have various different problems, and then we don't feel good about it. So, the idea that we're Rabbi explains is how to take that good feeling, that positive feeling, or that, uh, and to stretch it into the rest of your life. Mm-hmm so that you have that positive experience that you experience. Don't just let it die over there uh, temporarily, don't let it just be there, but extend it and bring that into the rest of your life so that you can reap the fruits of your experience throughout throughout your life or throughout your day. So if you have uh, Good morning, you get up early in the morning, the sun is shining, it's a beautiful day out there, you're all energized, you're all happy, you're excited mm-hmm. to take on the day. But that excitement, unfortunately, today the problems come up, you know, you're running late to the, uh, to the school, you miss the bus, uh, you, you make the sandwich, you know, and somebody uh, trips, or whatever, you know, there's different kind. So don't let those obstacles that you encounter during the day deter you keep that spirit going, yeah? The UN votes the way you don't want them to. (laughs) Things like that happen. Yeah, little things. Well, yeah. So that's another thing, and that's some things which is not really in our hands uh, to, uh, I mean, those are just bad news in the world arena, but I'm talking more about Mm -hmm. things that we are in control and not to allow that good experience that we have. I'll tell you more specifically, we're talking about a person goes to uh, the synagogue in the morning, or if they go to synagogue on Shabbos, right? Then they have a good experience the Shabbos. So, but then when they come home or when they uh, get involved in other things, how do you hold on to that experience? So you hold on to that experience that you experienced during that time. How do you hold on to that experience? Let me let me tie it in a little bit. The Rebbe really ties this in. To the miracle of Hanukkah. So, what happened? You know, just what the Talmud says. The Talmud says that what is the miracle of Hanukkah? What happened in Hanukkah? It says that there was a uh, a conflict between the um, uh, Greeks, and the Syrians, and uh, and they, you know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of problems for the Jewish people on that time. There was a lot of carnage, a lot of wars, but. It boiled down to at the end, um, in the city of Modin, they were trying to get the Jewish people to adapt their their culture and their religion. That's what they were trying to do. But um, so, anyways, so at that at that particular point, the. Um, um, they, they sort of came into the temple and they, what they did is they defiled all the holy all the holy things of the temple. They defiled it, and the oil was something that they used to light the menorah. They used to light every day. They used to light the menorah in the evening. They used to kindle the menorah, and it would stay alight the entire night till the next day. So once they were victorious and they won the war and they went back to the Beit HaMikdash and they wanted to light the menorah. But the menorah requires, first of all, it needs to be olive oil. And also the olive oil needs to be pure olive oil. It cannot be olive oil, not only pure olives, but it needs to be olive oil which has not become defiled. Defiled would mean if it was touched by somebody who is not uh, is not considered to be clean, whether they touch the dead body or whatever. There's various different cases of defilement. So if they touch that oil, so then that oil becomes uh, disqualified. There's no longer qualified to use for the temple. So they cleaned up the temple, and they took put everything aside. They they made a they organized. You know, it was totally a wreck. They organized everything. They put the down the menorah, and now they were ready to light it. But they looked at; they didn't have any pure oil. Now the oil went through a process. it took a while. It wasn't like today you can ship it to Amazon, get it the next day delivery. You know, <laughs> uh, over there it took it took it took eight days. It took for them to order new oil to have it pressed and delivered. It takes eight days, so. Now they have a miracle, they have, and they don't have oil with what to light the menorah. They, don't have, they can't light the menorah. What are they going to do? Miraculously, this says in the Talmud, they found one small jug of oil. That jug of oil contained enough oil that it can only last for one day. So they had enough oil to last for one day. Miraculously, that oil was used for eight days mm-hmm. until they were able to produce new oil, which they used for the menorah. So that's why we have Hanukkah eight days, because it was a miracle that that little jug of oil, which was only enough to burn for one day, at the end up they used it for eight days. Okay. So here the question is, so that was the miracle, that's what it says in the Talmud. So they used one jug of oil, they used it for eight days. But the question is, how did this miracle happen? What what, what actually happened over here? So we're trying to analyze and figure out what happened with the oil. Was there an increase in quantity? Or was there an increase in quality? What does it mean, an increase in quantity? Somehow, miraculously, even though they only had one jug of oil, somehow more oil was created for them. So that they were able to have more oil. That's a miracle. Somehow it just came into being more oil. Or what had happened here was that no, it was the same amount of oil but the quality of the oil increased, which means normally oil burns at a certain speed, a certain rate. So much oil is consumed, so for a night, for example, we call it a half a log. So that was the amount that they needed, a half a log. That's a half a log, that's the quantity. So, at that time, instead of the oil burning on the normal speed, sort of the fire went slowly. The quality of the oil increased. Now we have a quality that burns slowly. It's a better oil, or it's a different kind of an oil. So it doesn't use up, it doesn't consume. And it lasted for eight days instead of lasting for for uh, just one day. So what happened over here? How did the miracle take place? Did the miracle take place? There was an increase in quantity, Or did the miracle take place that there was an increase in quality? It became a better kind of an oil. This is something which is discussed in the different... I uh, I thought we don't ask questions about miracles. Just take it. (laughs) So we know what happened. We know there was enough oil. The Talmud doesn't say one way or the other. The Talmud only says, the basis of this story, it says, there was enough oil for one day. It lasted for eight days. But it doesn't say how it lasted for eight days. What happened over here? How does one jug of oil last for eight days? We're going to see, hopefully we'll have enough time, the Rebbe introduces a third possibility. But right now we're going to talk about two possibilities which the commentators discuss. Now, let's take first the quantity. What are the two, over there is also two possibilities, what really happened. How did it happen? One, one, uh, one idea was somehow miraculously they took the jug so they had one jug of oil the jug of oil had one half a log in it and they filled up all the cups there were seven cups in the menorah they filled up all the cups of the menorah and they looked at the jug full again oh, miraculous miracles full again filled it up a second time next day Coming back, a miracle in quantity. There was more oil all of a sudden. They used up the oil and now all of a sudden there's more oil. That's one way we can say quantity-wise. It's just in the jug itself somehow they kept on pouring and after they finished pouring, this didn't finish. It still was there, was the same amount, so increase in quantity. But once it was in the, in the menorah, it, it just burnt regularly. It would just burn regularly. But miraculously, they had another, for another day over here, mm-hmm. so it happened for the eight days that they needed it, they always had a full jug of oil. It always kept on filling up. So, that's what they used. That's one, I mean, this is not my or the Rebbe's idea. This is idea brought down in the commentators from the olden, uh, from the sources in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Vis Yosef. Um, there's another idea that says No, 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 that's not the way it happened. The way it happened was they actually emptied out the whole jug. And the jug was empty, actually. After it finished burning the first day, all of a sudden the cups were full again. Also an increase in quantity. While it was burning, they burnt normally. But what happened was it happened in the candelabra itself. It happens in the menorah. So while the menorah was full with the oil, it finished burning, and then we came back the next day. There's oils were filled. That's a miracle. Also, again, these are all miracles in quantity. That means there was no change in the quality of the oil. The oil didn't change its speed. All what happened was there was an increase. Somehow, miraculously, there was an increase. That's one explanation. The other explanation, the other idea is that there was a quality change, and here too we have two opinions. One opinion says when they saw the first day that there was only one jug, enough for one day, so what they did is they split that amount into eight pieces, and they took a chance. And they said, we're going to put in Seven. seven. into eight pieces. Eight it's days. Not, a seven candle log? Oh, because it takes they knew eight, eight, eight days to go up and back. Yeah, they need it for eight days. I don't know, really, they, they, they split oh. uh, the log. That was enough for each one. We're talking, the jug was enough for the whole entire menorah. So it was enough for the menorah. So they sort of took one cup and set up eight, eight cups. Eight cups, and cup. they split it equally into an eight. Mm-hmm. And they figured they'll take their chances. So maybe it's not going to burn fully. That's what i about So, uh I say, I can understand. There's a little bit of food. You divide it, so everybody gets a little piece. So they give for each day. So they said, look, we don't have full, but let's give each day a little bit. But then a miracle happened. That little bit of oil mm-hmm. lasted for the entire night. And the same thing happened the next day. Mm-hmm. That was a change in quality. Now the oil isn't being burned up so quickly. A little bit of oil can burn for a long time. That's one possibility in the quality. The other opinion says, also in the quality of the oil, says that actually the first day they put in all the lamps, the whole entire thing, they filled them up. But what happens is it only burnt up one-eighth of its full. Like before, also, they didn't They didn't divide it. They didn't get involved in it. It was all done from Hashem. And what they did was, they put in the oil into all the cups equally, and then miraculously, by the end of the day, normally would consume the entire oil, because that was enough oil. And this time, it only consumed one-eighth. Every day, another eighth was consumed. So, by the eighth day, they still had an eighth left. And then, they used that. Now, some of these issues, just so you know, also relate. These are all debated, and there's various different angles to it. It's way beyond here to go discuss everything. But one of the issues over here is, uh, they ask is, why do we celebrate eight days of Hanukkah? They say, if, because the eight days is a miracle, but there was enough for one day, so we should only have seven days of Hanukkah. Why do we have eight days of Hanukkah? The miracle seems to be only seven days, because since they found the jug that had for one day, so then the miracle was only seven days. So why do we celebrate eight days? So, but according to, so if we should say that there was an added quantity so then it's a good question because uh only needed to add a quantity. For one for seven days, because one day there was enough quantity. So the quantities needed, we didn't need a new quantity for one day, because that was there. But if it was quality that it happened at miracle every day. Because every day only one eighth burned. So there was only so the quality of the oil, a miracle, that every day it burns a little bit was each and every day. So that's what we have eight days. There are various different answers given to it. Some people say, well, just finding the jug is also a miracle. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, even if it wasn't even if it wasn't a miracle, just to find the jug, other people say winning the battle of the war was one miracle. Other people say that we don't even have to go by the miracles. It lasted for eight days. We celebrate eight days. Mm-hmm. We don't care how many miracles the word was—seven miracles, eight miracles. It lasted for eight days. That's why we have the miracle for eight days. But Remy really points to a very interesting uh, idea over there between these two. Uh, between these two, whether it was a quantity or it was a quality. And the difference is, how long does the miracle last? How long does the miracle last? If it was a change in quantity, so that there was more oil here, so that happens at whatever point that happened. Whether it happened when they filled the jug and the jug had more oil, so there was a miracle the miracle only happened once when the oil was increased. Or if we say that the thing was filled, filled once. But there was no, as the menorah was burning, it wasn't burning on any miracle, it was burning burning on regular oil. Because there was an additional comedy. that Hashem made a miracle in the beginning that there should be more oil. But the actual, so if there wasn't more oil, they couldn't light the menorah, so that, that was a miracle. But at the time that the oil was burning, there's no miracle. The miracle happened in the beginning or at the end. At some point, there was a miracle over there. How can we demonstrate this? Very simply. Let's say a person that doesn't know that there was new oil over here. Can they tell that this oil is a miracle oil? They can't tell because they don't know of the fact that it was added later or before so they don't know about the miracle so that means the actual burning of the oil you don't see the miracle but if we shall say that there was a quality difference at every given moment they see when it's burning hey it's not being consumed over here you know the 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 um, you, you can see while the oil is burning It's constantly uh, burning a lesser kind of oil. Now, maybe that quality oil changed at one point. It became a new kind of oil. But its effect of that new oil, you can tell all the time because it's a miracle burning all the time because oil, normally olive oil, we know has a certain rate of how much it burns. And over here, it's not burning. It's going at a much slower pace. So you can always tell it's a miracle. Well, what does this all mean? Our lives, we also have, we have the miracles in our lives. And then we have the ordinary in our lives. Our lives are also full with miracles. And our lives are full with ordinary things thing is that we have a lot of miracles, but we don't always appreciate, we're not sensible enough to see God's kindness with us. We don't always appreciate the miracle. You know, there's a miracle happening, but we're not cognitive. We're not. Maybe uh, yeah, because it like happens once, the jug gets refilled. Yeah, so, but really, I want to just divert a little bit and discuss a little bit, you know, most of the time people that are sensible try to use their, their mind. And so it's um, important to try to figure things out, to use the rationale. That's the, that's the um, way we live our lives and the people use their, should should the, uh, use their intellect or should use their intellect to make the right decision, to make the good choices, to make mm-hmm. the proper choices. So we have to sort of use, uh, and also to use the, the, the sentences to try to figure out what to do the right things. But we as Jews have something deeper than just our rationale. We have a neshama, we have a soul. We have something very deep. That soul that we have is not something which has a rational, it's just natural, there is a connection between a Jew and God, there's a connection between one Jew and another Jew, that's an inherent deep connection. Which really means... We have a deep-rooted amuna, a belief, a trust, a recognition, beyond not based that we can understand, but it's just part of us. It's in our DNA, it's who we are. Um, many times you find people who may not practice the religion, they may not. Even identified themselves as being involved in the Jewish community, but yet, when something happens to Israel, or something uh, happens to a Jewish person, something inside them mm-hmm. gives them a, a little push, gives them a little nudge. They they're, they're not happy with it. Mm-hmm. There is. Even in the beginning, Moshe Rabbeinu, when God sends him to take him out of Egypt, Moshe Rabbeinu says, they're not gonna believe me. They're not gonna believe me. They said, nobody sent you. You made it up. God never sent you. You just made up this whole story. How do I prove it to them? (laughs) He says to Hashem, and God says, put your hand into your present pocket and it was with leprosy. So why leprosy, what happened? So Rashi says, God told him, you just spoke and Hara against my children. You said they're not going to believe you. He says the Jewish people are believers. Why do you say that they're not going to believe you? They're going to believe you. Just try them. They will believe you. I mean, you see, you see that the Jewish inside, the heart, the heart of hearts, deep down, there's a spark over there that needs to be sort of, blown up, it needs to be ignited, it needs to catch on fire, it needs to sort of work its way out of its deep slumber and its deep sleep and its indifference and, you know, ignorance and everything, and to start to to know what it is. If you noticed, I heard once a long time ago a speaker, he said that the percentage of the Jewish people that turned to, in those days it was, when I listened to it, was the hippies and it was the shmippies. It was always the Jewish has a more than they proportional amount joining all these kinds of crazy stuff. Instead, So he says, what, why is that? So what he explained it was because there's something deep that is not satisfied. There's something which is not happy. You cannot find the real meaning.
1: You know, in Baruch
0: Hashem, you know, a lot of Jewish people are financially, you know, successful, and they try to cover up their needs with just, you know, putting money on it or pleasures and enjoyments and trips and everything, trying to find happiness, trying to find some meaning, someone find some goodness, but it doesn't really do it. You know, it's superficial. It doesn't touch your soul. It doesn't go down, deep down, in your inside. So, and they don't know what's going on. Why is there not? And the answer is... Because they don't really, they don't understand what's bothering them. That's right. Because they have a neshama. (laughs) They have something inside them. And they have that, so... And that neshama that they have. (laughs) And that is really... The approach we say, you know, when we study about Hashem, we learn about it, there is a part that we can understand, that we can comprehend. There's a part that we can sort of appreciate, you know, we have with our minds. But of course, we don't have the ability to fully comprehend. We're just limited human beings, so we we understand a little bit. And that's where we bring in our amuna. We bring in the amuna. Our logic and our intellect has to be founded and based upon a deep sense of our inside, who we really are. And that is that we really believe in Hashem at the end of the day. So we will understand to the extent we can, but whatever we can't understand, we still believe. We still believe in Hashem as Jews, and as our heritage. We believe in Hashem, regardless if we understand that. So these two parts, the part of our foundation, our basis, the yesod, what is the element that keeps up our structure, the Jewish people, what keeps us up? is our deep and inherent amuna and trust in Hashem, which we've inherited from our forefathers. Hashem said to Moshe, They are believers, sons of believers. Don't you ever doubt the Jewish people. They do believe in me, and they will believe you also when you tell them. But then, we don't stop over there. Then we take that amuna, that foundation, and we build as much as we human possible, and that's up to each individual according to their capabilities to study, to learn, and to develop that amuna that they have into reasonable, intellectual, and understanding. So this is really the nase and the teva. Teva is nature. That's who we are by nature. That's called, huh? That's the nature. So, our reason, our rationale, that's our nature. That's what we work with. But our emuna, our trust in Hashem, or another word for it is kabbalah's oil, accepting the yoke, that's the miracle that we have in ourselves. That, what does the miracle mean? A miracle <laughs> means that it's not limited by the definitions of the nature. Nature doesn't define it. So your own self, you have your nature, which is your intellect, and your emotions, which is something you work with, but then you have your nace, your miracle. That miracle is the basis in which you go beyond and you set yourself up and you say no matter what, I want to be connected with Hashem. So when you start your morning, so to speak, so you start your morning, so you start with the davening, or we talked about Shabbos, the reason I say, because men go to shul every morning and put on the tefillin and do the chakras over there. But women, if you don't go to shul, you should still daven, you know, you're obligated to daven as well as men. Women complain always that they're not equal to men, but, you know, davening, they can daven, they should daven every morning. Start your morning with the davening, with the prayer. What happens when you pray when you pray, you say, first you say, Modani, So you're admitting to God, you're speaking about God. So you are basically submitting yourself to God. You're saying, Hashem You should love God. So it's all about Hashem. And it's all about submitting yourself and becoming uh, a servant of Hashem. That's your beginning. That's where you stay, your day starts. Your day starts with a anes, which means a commitment that you make beyond it. You know, a lot of times people need to make commitments that are beyond logic in order for them to be able to sustain themselves. Like if a person wants to make, now with the New Year resolutions, everybody's gonna make a resolution, you know, I'm gonna find time for this, I'm gonna find time Sometimes you have to make yourself like a promise, or you have to do something without the reason, that I'm gonna do something in a way so that you can't break it because when the rationale When you start doing it rationally, oh boy, 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 you can rationalize. Like I made up my mind, I'm not going to eat cookies today, you know. (laughs) So I made it up such a strong decision, I'm not going to eat cookies today. That was my miracle in me, is that today is going to be a clean day. (laughs) Okay, but that's good in the morning, you know, you're not hungry, and it's not smelling the aromas of the kid, and it's not sitting in front of your face. But then, you know, you come around, you hang around, a little hungry, a little tired, I said to her, I have to get out of the house when you're here. When she works, I said, it's easy not to eat just cookies. She, <laughs> I don't cook. There's baby. no cookies around. But when she's home, I said, what am I going to do? I said, you're tempting me all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> tempting me. It was, uh, so, the cinnamon anyways. Cinnamon smell. Yeah. yeah, but I tell you what the secret is. You should be able to fail and just jump back on the wagon. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's the, you know, so you make some mistakes in life. That's the way it goes. Like I used to like to say, somebody once told me, when you're going on the highway, you take a wrong turn. So you're going to say, no, no, I'm just going to continue. <laughs> I mean, you're going to end up, who are you Just get back onto the highway. You know? <laughs> so if you make a mistake and you, you turn the wrong turn, just go back. you know. Don't keep on going because if you're going to continue to mistake, you're just going to end up somewhere else where you don't want to be. So you're going to go that's what That's what life is. And if you make two mistakes, you may, you go back on. Oh the idea God. is to always remember that you can go back, and you can get back, no matter what. Was it worth it? What? Was the cookie worth it? (laughs) It's not, you know. See, the the play is, the point over here is, we're talking about God now. So we make a commitment to Hashem. So let's say, get excited about Hashem, and you say, look, it's not about my, say, my logic, whether I understand it or not. I have so many questions. I got so many issues. But you know what? I just feel, I had a fellow come to shul, for years I was trying to get him to come to shul, he never come in. He, and every time I asked him to come to shul, to dab to this, uh, you know, I don't know if I believe in God, I don't know if I believe this, you know, he gave me all kinds of excuses. And then one day, all of a sudden, he started coming to shul, he wouldn't miss a davening for anything, he puts on the tefillin and I said, Mr. So-and-so, I said, I don't understand. You mean to say, all your questions were answered? <laughs> <laughs> you had so much questions that you kept on bothering me. And now not He says, Rabbi, I want to tell you, it just feels right. <laughs> he said, I don't have the answer. He says, no, the fairish, absolutely, I have no answers. <laughs> Rabbi, you didn't answer my questions. And I still have a lot of questions about God, about everything that I'm doing. But you know what? It just feels the right thing to do. This is just right Mm -hmm. for me, and that's it. It's that inside of you that feels right. But you feel right a lot of times, you feel that commitment. But then, when you gotta face out in the world, and you gotta, you know, the challenges, Mm -hmm. the Yetzirah comes and creeps in, that's your inclination, it starts telling Mm -hmm. you, you know what? I'm not really sure about this whole thing that we're doing over here. Maybe somebody just, you know, just made this all up. Or maybe, what am I all doing all this? You know, is this really meaningful? Does God really care, you know, if I do this or I do that? I mean, is this... I mean, it, it doesn't add up. And you start questioning it. And you forget your commitment. You forget your nace. You start living in teva. You start living in the nature and the way that... So these are the two different miracles that we discussed about. The first miracle that we talked about was there was a miracle in quantity. In the time when there's a lot of light out there, when there's a lot of light, the time of the Beis Hamikdash, when the temple was standing, were a lot of tzaddikim. Everything was holy. The air was holy. Everything was pure. Everything was beautiful. So, you know, it was enough to make a commitment in the morning. And that would last you for the entire day. Because there weren't so many obstacles. There weren't so many things, interference. There wasn't so many hindrances. There wasn't so many bumps in the road. It was pretty clear. I mean, people can see Hashem. They see the miracles. They made that commitment in the morning. They had their nays. It's like the quantity of the oil. One time there was a miracle More oil came about. It lasts now for eight days. We have an increase in the quantity of the oil. That was enough to last it. But as the time got more difficult, and we'll talk about the miracle of Hanukkah, it was a tough time for the Jewish people. And it wasn't such a good and open and a clear time of miracles. So then, That level of commitment that you did in the morning wasn't just enough. You sort of needed a continuous commitment. You needed that miracle light, that commitment to be, as the Alter Rebbe writes in the Tanya, to constantly remember the commitment that you made in the morning. you got to constantly remember the commitment you made in the morning. Today I won't eat more than the calories that I'm allowed to. So if you forget that commitment, there's going to be so many things on the way that are going to push you and pull you down. So that miracle has to express itself in every aspect of your life. Like the quality of the oil has to change. You have to sort of change yourself around that your whole entire day you're always remembering what you really have experienced and what you really felt that in order for me to be healthy and in order for me to be happy in order for me to be good in order to me I need this and you have to constantly remember that just that it happened the morning the miracle happened in the morning that it felt isn't gonna carry you through the day when there is so many obstacles so what do you do? then the same thing is in our own lives you know sometimes we feel in our lives <laughs> okay you know that we uh, signs this day were good we, we we don't have we're not so tempted but sometimes you know days are more hard you know you know not all days are the same (laughs) and sometimes you need to have a stronger miracle with that the rebbe gives a third aspect of it but that's going to be a little bit more in the very a deeper level not that we could but it's going to take up more time than that we can take we'll live for another time but just want to tie it in also to the um release of the alter rebbe of the prison River Yuttis the river Rings Down. Today, which means the time we find ourselves, it's called the time of Iqsa the Mashiach, the hills of Mashiach, which means the darkness that we experience today is probably the most serious and the most severe darkness. Now, yes, granted, Baruch Hashem, the Jewish people are not suffering in many countries. Uh, you know, all the kinds of uh, persecutions and the uh, abuses that they took in the old generations. But the darkness, the indifference, the apathy, the the, 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 the involvement materialism in materialism in, 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 in all the uh, physical aspects, you know, people became very, very Megushim, very very coarse, you know, they became very coarse. People are not sensitive any th- people are not sensitive so much because you know look 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 what uh, Trump Trumps everything if you just listen whether you're a Trump fan or not and I'm not going to start politics here again but this whole idea is they keep on saying it's my power and it's me and I'm successful and all you know the, this whole notion of koychiv Itzim yadi it's my power my success. I did it, it's only me. There is no place for Hashem. It's a total ego. Exit got out. It's totally not Hashem there. It's totally everything is yourself. We live in a very, very dark world because it's all about I. iPad, iPhone, I this. It's all I I iTunes. it's me, uh? iTunes. ITunes. Everything is I. <laughs> but it's all about I. It's all about this is what we live in. And and this is we're all we're all caught up in this. That's that's our lives. All these are these are all that what we what we live by. So we have a lot of darkness in this world. And the only way and uh, the uh, release of the Alter Rebbe is a prelude to this. Was the which is the Shemen of, of Torah, which is the Hasidus is what we use to give us the kayak, to give us the energy, to give us the the power, the strength to overcome a lot of these obstacles that we have so that we don't get caught up. We don't change our mind. We don't become you know just flooded with all these ideas. How do we stay strong and we don't believe that this is really the real thing? It seems like it's so convincing, it's so tempting, it's so there. We need to have the form of Mesir Snefesh, that constant battle that we have to have, it's a constant battle to remind ourselves, no, we are Jewish, no, we are special, we are the chosen people, we have the strength. It is up to us to be able to teach the world, to show them what's right, what's good, what's holy, what's special. We can do it, and with Hashem's help, a little bit light, even as far as light from the stars, we get over here. A little light pushes away a lot of darkness. And as the Rebbe points out in Tanya, you know sometimes you've got to wrestle to beat the opponent, but light doesn't wrestle with darkness. You bring light, and the darkness disappears. <laughs> so you don't have to wrestle with it. Just bring in some goodness, some kindness, some belief, some teaching, some Torah, some holiness, some Davni, some tzedakah, all the good things. And then, all the negativity disappears. And one day at a time, one area at a time, and the world will be filled at the time, as the Rebbe says, when Mashiach will come. <laughs> the night will turn into dark, and it will light like the day. All right.